Well, for those of you who are new this evening, my name is Jen Zerby, and I am the pastor here at Hillcrest Covenant, and we are, we are so grateful that you are here with us tonight. Uh, it is such a great evening to get to celebrate together. My first question comes a little out of left field here. How many of you have ever been to the safe house in Milwaukee? Oh, good. Okay. A handful of you. Okay. It's this really cool place in downtown Milwaukee that has some really crazy features. Like you'll go up a staircase and then turn around and that staircase won't be there anymore. Or there's a door that says bathroom and you'll go in the bathroom and then the door closes behind you and you find yourself back out on the street again. It's a, it's a pretty fun place. The thing about the safe house is that you need the right password in order to get into it. Now, when I went, I went with a group of friends and one of our friends knew the password, but the rest of us didn't. And so when we got there, our friend shared the password with half of us without telling the other half what the password was. And the thing of it is, if you don't know the password, when you show up to this place, they make you do all kinds of ridiculous things. Like you might have to hula hoop on one foot while blowing a kazoo, or you might have to sing a song at the top of your lungs. Now, for somebody like me who is easily embarrassed, this is like a legitimate nightmare. Because not only do you have to do all of these awkward things that they tell you to do, but you're also recorded and live streamed to the rest of the place. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> so there's this like very serious risk-reward assessment that goes on at the front door of this place. Like, how much is this experience really worth to me? Is it worth my pride? Is it worth being laughed at by strangers? How much is this worth to me? Well, thankfully, I was one of the ones given the password. <laughs> so it was worth everything to me because I got to watch my friends from upstairs. It was great. We kind of do these um, cost-benefit analyses all of the time. We certainly do it with kind of major life decisions that we make. Is this new opportunity worth my having to move far away from everything that I know? Is this vacation worth the financial sacrifice that I'm going to have to make while I save up for it? Is my dream job worth the pay cut that I'm going to have to take as I work my way back up again? And we do it in small ways as well. Like, is that extra 15 minutes of sleep worth sacrificing making myself look presentable in the morning? Or is that extra five minutes that it takes to put gas in my car worth the game that I'm going to play to see if I make it to work without running out of gas? Is taking this really careless shortcut at work worth my integrity in business? Whether consciously or not, we are constantly assessing the worth of things in our lives. And whether we like it or not, the world around us is constantly assessing our worth as well. And this assessment begins at a pretty young age. We learn to determine people's value based on absolutely ridiculous things, like their hair color or their skin color, their height or their weight, if they have glasses or braces or acne, do they have the same physical or learning capabilities as other people? And then it kind of seems to shift into, into these kind of achievement-based understandings of people's worth. Do they get A's or do they get D's? Are they taking honors classes or do they need extra help? Are they superstars in their travel club or sports team? Or they're not really interested in anything at all. And then as we continue to grow up, it seems that status becomes our means of assessing someone's worth. 
How big is your house? How big is your, uh, what is your job title? How many degrees do you have? What kind of car do you drive? The phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, was coined for a reason. It's something that people struggle with. And somehow, lately, it seems that we have added another thing. And that is that we've added people's opinion on a variety of topics as a means of determining someone's worth. We used to be able to have all kinds of civil conversations and even disagreements about all kinds of things in our culture. But now, well, now we seem to be more of you're either for me or you're against me. In other words, I value you if you agree with me, and I have no place for you in my life if we don't. But here's what I find fascinating and also incredibly sad. How many of you are parents? Raise your hand. Do you remember the process that you went through when choosing a name for your child or children? Maybe you consulted a a baby book. Maybe you chose a name that was already in your family because you wanted to name this person after somebody that was important to you. Some of you looked in books or online to find a name that had a really specific meaning attached to it. It's an incredibly special thing to name a child, isn't it? To help create their identity. You have the task of deciding what everyone is going to call them. So, could you imagine if you just walked out onto the street and chose a random stranger and told him that he could choose the name of your child to be? We would never do that, right? <laughs> that, was, that would be completely absurd because our identity is a sacred thing. But the sad thing is that that is what so many of us have spent our entire lives doing, allowing other people sometimes even strangers, to tell us who we are. Maybe when we were younger, we let somebody else tell us that we were stupid or ugly. Maybe we once had a teacher who told us that we would never excel in a particular area, and we believed them. Maybe you ended up in a relationship with someone who told you that you weren't worth anything, and you believed that they were right. We spend so much of our time trying to prove ourselves and our value to other people. We work far more hours than we should. For what? To prove that we're capable? Or because we fed into the lie that busyness equals importance? The cosmetics industry is a $170 billion per year industry. We wax and tweeze and tuck and highlight and contour and who knows what else. (laughs) Why? Because we fed into the lie that we need to look a certain way to be accepted? or because we don't feel like we're enough just as we are. And then we run around at Christmas time spending money we don't have to make our house and ourselves and our kitchen look a particular way for one day a year. Why? To prove that we have it all together? So I wonder if we could just all collectively pause tonight and agree that this is all just exhausting. This whole charade is exhausting We spend so much energy trying to live up to other people's expectations of who we should be. And I haven't even mentioned our own expectations for ourselves, which for many of you is a much heavier burden to bear. We get into these nasty habits of telling ourselves destructive things, that we are failing as parents, that we are not capable in our jobs, that we are not the husband or the wife that we wanted to be, that we don't serve a purpose here, we don't really know what it is we're doing here at all. 
So maybe some of you came tonight expecting to see little kids dressed up acting out a manger scene. We'd sing a few Christmas carols and you'd be on your way. And while there is really actually nothing cuter than seeing little kids dressed in sheep costumes, what I want for us tonight is for us to hear the truth of the Christmas story. I don't want to spend our time simply retelling the story of the night when Jesus was born. I want you to understand what that night means for you. If you're new here tonight or you haven't been here for the past few weeks, we have been using, in case you haven't guessed, the song, O Holy Night, as our Advent theme this year. Because this one single song tells the whole entire story. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. His law is love and his gospel is peace. And in my opinion, all of the lyrics lead up to this one line, my favorite line in the song, which is the line that we are using for tonight. And we saved this particular line for tonight because I am confident that there are people sitting in the room tonight who are struggling with your sense of value or worth in this world. You're believing those lies that have been spoken over you or that you are telling yourself those lies that you are not good enough just as you are. And so whether you are 15 or 50 or 80, If this is you, I'm so glad that you are here tonight. Because part of the reason that we celebrate this night is because it wasn't until Christ appeared that the soul felt its worth. And now that he has come, we never have to wonder about our worth ever again. Because while it's one thing to do this kind of cost-benefit analysis thing with our alarm clocks in the morning or even decisions that we make in our lives, what we don't realize is how very damaging it can be when we do that with our own selves. Do you really matter? How much are you really worth? Well, I want to tell you tonight how much you are really worth. You know that sign with the Bible verse on it that people hold up at sporting events? What's the verse that's on that? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I love that verse. It's the crux of our faith and I'm glad that people make that verse known. I only wish that they would add the second part to it. The next verse. Because this is what John 3.17 says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And here's the thing, God could have done this any way that he wanted to, any way that he wanted to, so we can rest assured that if God sent his son, it was because you were worth it. You matter to God. You bear God's image. The very fact that Jesus was born to us this night means that being born, being human, matters to God. It means that you have value and intrinsic and immeasurable worth to God simply because you're human and simply because you are his. Your humanity, your very existence right now matters to God, which means that even all of your flaws and your failures matter to God because they are part of the story that makes you you. The soul of humanity felt its worth when Christ appeared because we were finally able to discover who we are in God's eyes. Through Jesus, we were able to recognize and realize our extraordinary worth. 
In fact, there's this book, there's this verse in the book of Ephesians where Paul says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Some translations use the word workmanship instead of handiwork. But handiwork, that word handiwork or workmanship comes from the Greek word poema. Poema. That's where we get our word for poem. It means something made by God himself. A new creation skillfully and artfully created in Christ Jesus. It literally means that you are God's masterpiece. You are his poem. You are his work of art. There's an author who said, do you know what it means that you are God's workmanship? What is art? Art is beautiful. Art is valuable. Art is an expression of the inner being of the maker, of the artist. Imagine what that means. You're beautiful. You're valuable. You are an expression of the inner being of the artist, the divine artist, God himself. He said, I'm going to recreate you into something beautiful. I will turn you into something splendid, something magnificent. I am the artist, and you are the art. I am the painter, and you are the canvas. I am the sculptor. You are the marble. And you, beloved, are his crowning achievement, his masterpiece. Isn't that incredible? That's what God thinks of us. And I know, I know that some of you don't feel so splendid. And I know that some of you don't feel so magnificent. But guess what? your opinion actually isn't the one that matters most. The opinion of your creator is the one that matters most, and his opinion of you will never, ever change, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have left undone, no matter what even you think of yourself, his opinion will not change. You are his masterpiece, his poetry at work in this world. Your worth will never, ever be measured or found in any of the places that we tend to go searching for in this world. You will never find your worth in your grades. You will never find them in your achievements, your job title, your various roles in this life as a parent, a spouse, a friend, a business owner. You will never find your worth in your own efforts, and you certainly won't find it in other people's approval or lack thereof. If you are looking for your validation and worth in or through anything in this world, then when those things change, when the relationship ends, or the business goes belly up, or the kids move away, or you age out of your particular job title, then what? Then what are you worth? So tonight, I wonder, I wonder if you might pray for the courage to take a look at the source of your value and worth in this life. Are you allowing other people to tell you who you are? Are you looking to superficial, fleeting things in this life to validate you? Are you dragging through life uncertain of your purpose here? Or are you embracing every moment of this life as the masterpiece that you were created to be? And if you're here tonight and you don't know God yet, that's okay. God knows you, and he's waiting to tell you who you are and he's waiting to tell you how much you're worth, that you matter so much to him that he left the perfection of heaven for the imperfection of humanity. What I want to remind you of tonight is that no matter how far from God you may feel, God is not far from you. What we celebrate this night is that God has come close, 
God has come close to help us know and understand our worth and to bring us hope and to awaken our souls and to save us and to give us life both now and forever. And so we keep telling this story over and over again at Christmas because it changed everything. And look, I know there's some kind of unwritten rule, or maybe it's written, I don't know, where pastors are supposed to be all chill and not too churchy on Christmas Eve because we have lots of visitors. But I can't do it. (laughs) And my church knows this because I have no chill around this at all. (laughs) Because I cannot let you leave this place tonight without hearing that you matter to God so much that you are relentlessly loved by God. I cannot let you leave this place tonight without hearing that if you are walking through this life trying to find your sense of purpose or worth in anyone or anything other than Jesus Christ, you will never know your full potential or your God-given worth. And so together, this night, we celebrate that Christ has in fact appeared. And we now know our worth. And this world and our lives will never be the same. Would you pray with me? God, I'm so grateful for each person who is in this room tonight even if they're not so grateful to be here, even if they felt like they were dragged here or they showed up here just to be a dutiful relative, I'm so thankful that they're here, God, because I know that it is your heart's desire that they would know how very much they're loved this night. God, we're so grateful that you reached into this world, that you came into this world as one of us, that you would understand us, that you would understand the pain and the suffering of this world, and that you, Lord, would overcome it. And we know, in fact, that you have. And so, God, for all those who are here tonight who are struggling with their purpose, wondering if there's a reason that they're here, feeling like they're in a dead-end job, not really sure what it is that they matter for or if they matter at all, Lord, I pray that you would speak your truth to them this night, that you would remind them that you didn't come into this world for us to just live mediocre lives. You didn't come into this world for us to wander without a sense of purpose. You came into this world this night to help us to know how much we are loved, to know our worth, to free us, and to save us. And for that, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray.